Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Design Curious Podcast. I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. And today on the podcast, I have a great interview with Portia Williams from The Prototype. She is someone that I've been working with since early on this year, and uh, she has really been instrumental in improving my client relations and my client experience. So let me tell you a little bit more about her. She has a feeling that she is not alone in feeling that there are not enough hours in the day to get it all done. She is a mom, wife, entrepreneur, networker, avid tennis fan, wannabe gourmet chef, and hostess, sister, friend, and confidant, all the things. And that's why she started The Prototype. Her name is Portia Williams, and her mission is to help other busy professionals and luxury service providers have more time with less stress. So she gets into the services that she provides in the episode. I really enjoy working with her. I enjoy talking with her in this episode, and I think you will too. We'll have her information, of course, for you in the show notes afterwards if you'd love to reach out to her and work with her yourself. And before we get into the episode, I'd like to remind you, we do have our promotion running for My Design Mentor, the mentorship program that I have. You can find out more on my website. And we have bonuses running where you can earn 30-minute calls with me one-on-one to talk about your career questions. And if you're looking to start a business, I have all that information for you um, at My Design Mentor. So go ahead and check that out. Like I said, prices will be going up in January. So you want to take advantage of the great prices. Lock that in now before they do go up. Okay, so now let's hear from Portia. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, and if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. Hi, Portia. Thank you for coming on Design Curious today. Thank you so much. It's so um, great to be here, and I'm happy to have this conversation with you. Yeah, and for our listeners, I asked Portia to come on this podcast because I work with her. She and her team are my client services managers, and they do all my intake calls and respond to inquiries and do my client gifting, which has been such a help to my business. And so we'll get into that a little bit more, why that's important for designers. But first off, I wanted to talk with you, Portia, about how you got the prototype started and what was the thing that propelled you into starting this business? Yeah, thank you. I just have to say, I really enjoyed working with you and your team. You all are amazing. And I'm happy that we've been able to make a positive difference in your business. How I started the prototype really came down to creating what I needed at the time, which in my life at that time in 2015, I was a new wife and a new mom. And I was working in my previous career of luxury retail. And I needed a change because the retail environment was no longer conducive to my lifestyle. And I wanted more freedom and control over 
my time, but I also was overwhelmed by all of the things that entail, you know, being a wife and being a mother and working corporate and, you know, having wearing all of these different hats. And so Mm -hmm. I had conversations with people that I looked up to that were successful, that, you know, on the outside looking in seemed to just have it all figured out and all together. And what I heard from them consistently was that they had a lot of support. You know, they had a lot of support behind the scenes to enable them to put their best foot forward. And that is how the prototype started. We initially started with only offering personal concierge services and connecting people with personal trainers and personal shoppers and personal chefs Mm. to um, help support them in their personal life so that they could show up, you know, looking great, feeling great in their day-to-day lives. And as the business progressed over the years, and I learned the market more and what people were really needing, we transitioned to more comprehensive lifestyle concierge support. And that is where we started working with our executive clients who we help in both their business and personal life. Mm -hmm. And that is what led us into the client intake process. We were actually meeting with an interior design firm to talk about offering personal concierge service to their clients as an extension of, and like an aftercare type of uh, role for their clients. And that designer asked if, if there's any way that we could help with their client intake and being, you know, having a passion for customer service and, and really enjoying working with people and, and helping people. I just said, yes. And I was, and I was, you know, thinking, you know, this is something that we could do. It wasn't something that we had done specifically for clients before in the past, but it's definitely within our wheelhouse of service um, Mm -hmm. and providing people with more time and less stress that was our first interior designer that we worked with. And since then, and over the, and over the years, we've just grown and, you know, we've always grown off of referrals and mm-hmm. word of mouth and that continued. And we've begun to get more relationships within the interior design community, which has been super helpful. And I feel like we've really developed a niche and an expertise around the client experience overall from yeah. the intake process on the front end to gifting and, and nurturing those relationships through strategic gifting. And that's we are now. And that's how we were introduced to you. That's wonderful. Wow. Yeah. It's great how you are able to pivot kind of what you started. I mean, I'm sure you're still servicing other industries, but what percentage would you say are interior designers right now? I would say probably 70% are interior designers because we're able to work with more interior designers at a time than we're able to with personal and business concierge clients. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a significant part of our business. It's really, really fun to do. And I just love helping our clients get in front of the right people to take on projects that are ideal for them. It's hard when you're starting your business to say no to things, Mm -hmm. but I think it's so important to be able to have somebody to help you carve out what truly is ideal because 
saying no to some things allows you to be able to say yes to the right things. Exactly. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So it's you. And then how many other people do you have on staff? I have five women on my team. We're actually all based here in my area in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And we have, we have four here in Dallas Fort Worth and then one that's remote that is in a non-client facing role, but we have a really great relationship and we have two of them are client intake specialists and two of them are business personal concierge. And we have, you know, grown a lot this year and it's been great to really start to build a company culture. Everyone on the staff, um, we're all moms. So we all understand Mm -hmm. how to wear multiple hats Mm -hmm. and manage a lot of different things. They all have previous, you know, professional backgrounds and this is a great fit for them because we do have a lot of flexibility Mm -hmm. in our scheduling because family is important. And yeah, it's been a, a great time to see how the company has, has grown and how it'll continue to grow. That's wonderful. Yeah. So why is it important for designers to outsource their client intake? I know this is an area that I realized after having my own business and doing my own intake calls for a long time. Um, as soon as I had like an intern or someone else that I, another employee that I hired, I kind of passed it on to them to do the intake because Mm -hmm. I personally have such a hard time, like saying no to people. And like you were saying that you're not able to say no, then you're not able to take these other opportunities that might be a better fit. So I know that that is definitely one of the advantages of outsourcing your client intake. Are there others that you can see that might benefit designers? Yeah, I think there's a few reasons. First, it helps to create boundaries between you as the principal designer and prospective clients from the beginning, which is really important in establishing that mutually respectful partnership that you want to have with that client. It helps to dish any friction later on, and it helps to kind of set the standard for what your communication will be like by having that buffer. Mm -hmm. I think two, prospective clients take comfort in knowing that a designer has a support system in their business. Mm -hmm. It builds credibility and it helps them to know that the designer isn't shouldering everything in their business from design to administrative stuff. And then I think the most important benefit is that doing the client intake is not an effective use of your time as a designer. Mm -hmm. If the expectations of an ideal client and ideal project can be communicated, it really allows you to be able to focus on what requires your specific and unique expertise. Like obviously doing the design, doing project management, building the business so that you can continue to grow. You know, it, it just helps to make a really good first impression too, because, you know, if you're taking discovery calls and you're distracted or you're driving or you're, you know, at the beginning of your business, you're very hungry for more business and you want to take everyone's call. It's hard to, sometimes it it won't give a good first impression. Mm -hmm. And so having that outsourced because we have certain requirements around the background being quiet and we're focused hundred percent on that call. We're taking notes at the moment. 
we're taking payment for the consultation in the moment, getting it scheduled right then. It's a very seamless and elevated experience for that prospective client, which builds trust overall. Mm -hmm. Really good. So do you have like a already have processes and procedures set up that you bring, like say there's a, a new designer starting out and they might not have documented how they want their intake call to go or don't have a lot of experience doing the discovery call process. Do you have one kind of set up already as like a template that you use or? Yeah, you- we have some templates that we use based on working with designers all over the country and all, at this point all over the world. And so there are some similarities between the process that we help our clients with. And if they need help with creating that documentation, we will take care of that for them, helping them with getting a separate business phone line Mm -hmm. set up or a separate email address set up Mm -hmm. so that they're not communicating with from their personal email accounts. We do a, a pretty detailed onboarding call to understand what the current process is, if there is one, and if there isn't one, helping them think about what should be included and Mm -hmm. then how we can follow that process to take care of the client intake. Mm -hmm. So this type of service might seem challenging for someone starting out to be able to afford. What would you recommend to a designer starting out? Like why would they want to outsource this and spend the money? Well, I think that when you're starting a business, there are certain things that you budget for before you before you start. You know that you're going to have to put money towards your website and your logo mm-hmm. and branding. And, and so I think the smartest thing is to add it in at the beginning because, you know, investing in this will, it'll serve you well because it'll, it'll help to break bad habits before they've started. Mm-hmm. So if you have, an inconsistent experience from the beginning, or you've started with not having boundaries with clients from the beginning, it's harder to break that Mm -hmm. down the road. And it's really expensive to take on projects that aren't ideal and Mm. clients that aren't a fit. And I know you can relate to that. Like, it seems like, oh, I'll just take on this, like one little project. It's not quite right, but you know, I can make it work. And then that project turns out to be like, a nightmare because, <laughs> because you said yes, when maybe you should have said no. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. And it's not necessarily even like the financial aspect of taking on a bad client. It's like the anguish and suffering and mental suffering that you mm-hmm. go through dealing yes. with this yes. challenging client when it's, yeah. it's just not worth all that stress. Um, it isn't. Yeah. One thing I will say, and this is something that I did starting and I know other business owners have done is I used to have a like a phantom alias assistant. Oh, okay. um, her name was her name was Nicole. <laughs> to be transparent, Nicole is me, but it gave the perception that I had support mm. before I had the support. So Nicole would respond to certain emails and it helps like from a mindset standpoint it really helps to like put you in this space of really being the business owner and the Mm -hmm. CEO and understanding how important your time is. And it's a good like little temporary hack until 
you're ready to hire some more support. Yeah, that's really good too, because it can also help shift your mindset from like, it's just me as a solopreneur mm-hmm. to like, this is a business and we yes. do this and we are responding yes, to the, the email. Yeah. The speaking in we's is a big one, mm-hmm. is a big one. And yeah. it took a long time for me to, even before I had staff, I had to start speaking in we's for the majority of the years of my business, it was just myself. Um, and only in the last two years have I grown, um, a consistent team. And so I had to start speaking in we's before there was a we. Speaking we's. Speaking we's. I love it. (laughs) So then what kind of information does need to be gathered to determine if a client is a good fit? Outside of the, you know, basic information and scope of work, it's important to get to know why this project is important to a client at at that specific time and and what's driving their decision to move forward. It helps to just understand their mind frame and where they're at, um, if they've worked with designers before. Also budget is really important. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people say that they don't know the budget. And I think most people do have an idea of how much they wanna invest, but I think they're also unwilling to say because they don't really know how much things cost yeah. um, and they don't know what to expect. So it's really important to be transparent about that from the beginning. We just try to ask a lot of questions around who are the decision makers mm-hmm. outside of the person that we're speaking with. Because if it's a husband and wife, you know, maybe one spouse, maybe the, like the driving force Mm -hmm. behind, okay, I'm ready to get this done. Mm -hmm. And they'll do the initial outreach and they will, we'll have a discovery call with them. We may schedule a consultation. And then the other spouse comes to the consultation and has like no idea of that their spouse is so gung-ho about getting this done and how much it's going to cost. And so we try to establish that ahead of time Mm. to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And for our designers too, it's really awkward to be in that situation. If you're in a consultation and the two decision makers clearly aren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. So we try to avoid that as much as possible by getting that information. And I think the last thing is like, it's important to gather information, but it's equally important to educate the prospective client on our clients, their design firm's unique value, their process, the types of projects they work on, give them some insight into the expectations that they should have, timelines. It's not a transactional conversation. It's a two-way relationship. And it's a long time that designers are often working with clients. So it's Mm -hmm. important to have that personable and personal experience from the beginning. Yeah. And it is even a goal for, I think, designers to have long-term relationships with their clients. So Mm -hmm. if it's smooth at the beginning, then it can remain smooth over the years of Yeah. Because a lot of projects are in phases or they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll have a successful kitchen remodel and then they'll be like, okay, now that I know what, how you work and I like you, let's work on the primary suite or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's really important to spend that time up front doing your due diligence to make sure they're the good client. Yeah. Yeah. So I know another aspect of what Um, how you help me and other designers Mm -hmm. is client gifting. 
So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Like, why is it important to include gifting as part of your business model? So strategic gifting is, it's technically a marketing approach, but it's really about building relationships. Like people do business with people that they know, like, and trust, and you will get more business from personal relationships, referrals, increased retention among your current clientele, then you'll get through Google ads or, or Facebook ads. Like it's all about the relationship. And so it's important to find ways to stay top of mind for those key business relationships. And that can be clients. Um, it can also be internal team members, strategic partners, trades, people in your circle of influence that you may not have done business with before. We love, love, love gifting. And it's just, everyone loves to receive. Mm -hmm. And if it's done in the right intentions, it's, it's an unconditional way to show that person that you care about them and that you're thinking about them. And oftentimes in, in turn, they'll, you'll be top of mind for Mm -hmm. them. So it just makes things more personalized. It's more thoughtful way to approach increasing your clientele through, through referrals and Mm -hmm. retention. Yeah. And I always think it's, um, so I know we've set up certain points of our process that we will gift a client. So we'll do it on the intake when they are, they're onboarding. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes we'll do it as we're starting the implementation of a project and the the demo's happening and everything's like torn up and it's like the hard part. So we're like, yeah, Yeah. we know it's really challenging right now. Here's a little gift to help you through. And then we do it at the end as well. Um, Are there other times that you recommend for designers to reach out to their clients? Do you do birthdays or anniversaries or anything like that? So we do... For their clients, we don't do birthdays and anniversaries. We do like to do off holidays. Mm-hmm. Like right now, this year, we've done a lot of fall gifts that were delivered through October and the beginning of November in anticipation of the bigger holiday season, but it allows us to, or allows our clients to stand out as opposed to being like one of 10 gifts that they received right, in the yeah. month of December for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so We do that. And then one thing that we've tried this year that's been working well is the one year anniversary gift Mm. to help the client remember how good of an experience they had and how much they're enjoying their space. That's a great time also for them to be thinking about like, maybe I do want to go ahead and do a phase two Mm -hmm. or a phase three of the project or refer. I think if you can compare the client designer a relationship, like a bank account, you know, you can only do deposits and withdrawals. And Mm -hmm. during the design process, there's a lot of deposits. There's like the design presentation. Everyone is so excited because they finally see visually what their space will look like. And they Mm -hmm. get to pick all the finishes and things like that. And then there are the withdrawals, which are like the shipping delays or deficiencies after you've waited so long for this item to come in and then something's wrong with when it comes in. Mm -hmm. So the whole goal is to space it out. Think about it as a long-term investment, just gifting in general as a long-term investment in your business and in your process. 
and then to stay in the positive. You don't want to go into the red. And so having the little gifts that are thrown in at different points during the process helps to keep things in balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also thank yous for referrals are something that we do with clients, internal team, team gifts. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Just thinking about you or things like that. Good, good. Are there other gifting guidelines we should know about? Yeah. So I have a few. First, gifting without a strategic plan will lead to an inconsistent and lackluster experience. Mm. So you want to have a plan and, and we do an annual gift strategy session with all of our clients to help put that plan in place, identify recipients, talk through budget and items that we'd like to gift so that it is a more automated, easy to manage process. Mm-hmm. Second is quality over quantity. The good stuff isn't cheap and the cheap stuff isn't good. Mm-hmm. Now that said, you don't have to spend $500 per gift. You yeah. can make an impression and stay top of mind with smaller gifts that are personalized to that individual recipient. Mm -hmm. And that really takes into account what their interests are and things that are useful on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. So we do make sure that everything is, is high quality, but that doesn't always mean really expensive. Mm -hmm. And it can even just be a, it can be a card, an anniversary card or Mm -hmm. something small, just to say that you're thinking about them and that they're on your mind. Mm Let's see. Third is, so nobody needs another branded mug. (laughs) And so I think that kind of speaks to, you know, making things personalized and things that they'll use frequently. We just talked about gifting during non-peak holidays Mm -hmm. allows you to stand out from the crowd. Lastly, that business is about relationship building and that gifting is unconditional. And so it is given with no strings attached. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not a quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. It's really just expressing your gratitude and showing someone that you appreciate them and that you want to give them something something that they'll enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I take a moment to kind of envision what it is like going through my company as a client. So I'll sit back and I'll be like, okay, so they're sending me emails, the onboarding, I've got this quiz, I've got, and then they send me a present. So I just kind of try to think, and I think it's a good recommendation just to see like, if you are a client at your own business, what is that process like? And how would you like to experience all these things and make sure that it's a worthwhile investment for you? Yeah, I totally agree. Especially if you're really in tune with who your ideal client is and what they are like as people Mm -hmm. um, and what they would appreciate and what you yourself would appreciate. Uh, I think that's a great way to just kind of take a temperature check for what your client experience looks like currently and what you could do to improve it. Yeah. Um, Are there other things that we should consider to help our businesses grow besides the intake process and the gifting? Yeah. So for our clients, depending on the service package that they have, we do help them in some other areas of their business that's led to growth. Like I said, in the beginning, we create the marketing collateral to help educate prospective clients if that's needed. For our clients that have Squarespace sites, we can do updates to make sure like their portfolio images are always on point. And also we like to get them set up on a CRM if they don't currently have a Mm -hmm. CRM. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the CRM is the client relationship manager, and it's a software that helps make tracking and record keeping more efficient than spreadsheets. And it also allows us to introduce some automations into their process. Mm-hmm. We've also done market research where we go in and learn more about their competitors in the market Mm, to understand more about where they are positioned among other designers in their area. We partnered with House to increase the effectiveness on that platform. There are a lot of things that you can do to your House profile to make it more attractive and to get better quality leads coming from that platform. Mm. And then we've also helped to create strategic partnership programs that will help lead to more referrals. So identifying different trades, real estate companies that our clients can work with to Mm -hmm. help start build that relationship that will lead to more referrals and doing business together. Yeah, really good. I know I've I've had you guys reach out to some contractors in my area as well because we're always looking to add on to our A list of contractors because when we have a lot of projects going, we need more than one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for you, we did your client appreciation 15 year anniversary party yes. this summer, which is super fun. Yeah, it was so great having you guys organize all of the catering, the table rentals and the researching the music and gift bags and everything. It was just really nice to be able to hand that over to you and not have to think about all those details. And you thought of so much more than made it a better experience than I would have done on my own. So that was wonderful. Oh, thank you. It was so fun to do. And I know Jessica enjoyed working on it. And that's something else like among our team, like we love the details and the planning and all of the, you know, just coordinating and and serving in that capacity. So it was really, really great. And I'm happy that it was a success. Yeah. Thank you. So any other advice for maybe new designers starting their business or are you taking on more business right now? Can everybody reach out to you? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I love for y'all to reach out. Um, We are accepting new clients right now. I think the one piece of advice, and it goes along with a book um, someone introduced me to earlier this year. The book is called Who Not How. And the premise is that when we receive a task or a, or we have a plan that we'd like to put in place, a lot of times entrepreneurs get stuck on the how that it'll, how it'll all come together mm. and where it would be more effective and useful if you focus on who you need, mm. who you can leverage, who do you already know? that can help you get it done instead of figuring out how it'll get it done. Like let the other person figure out the how, and you just focus on getting the who's that can help you execute your plans. Um, I thought for me, hearing that framed in that way was, it was super, super impactful um, because I, a lot of times new opportunities present themselves. You immediately go into like, okay, so how am I going to make this fit? Like, how is this going to work? How am I going to make this fit into my current business of the current clients? And, and instead, you know, I now think about like, okay, so this is this opportunity. Who do I need on my team? Who do I need to work with to make sure this is successful? And it allows you to take some of the pressure off of yourself to figure out the actual how. That's really good. We'll definitely include 
a link to that book in our show notes because I'm going to go read it myself. <laughs> it sounds really it's good. It's really good. <laughs> I listened to it on Audible and it's not a long read, but uh-huh. it's it's really, really good. Okay. Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah. So if people want to check you out, what's your website? So our website is www.theprototype.net. We also have our Instagram was hacked this year. So we're just starting to rebuild our Instagram following. Okay. So I'd love for everyone to come and follow at the prototype lifestyle on Instagram. Great. Yeah. Just come to the website and there's links to schedule calls and talk and there's links to, you know, learn more about our services. And I just wish everyone luck as they enter this new path. It's super exciting. And I love working with designers. It's been a great experience so far. Great. Well, thank you so much, Portia, for your insight and all the great advice that you have. And we'll put all your information in the show notes so people can reach out to you. And just thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Congrats on launching the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye. Wasn't that a great interview? I just love working with Portia. She is such a natural at being a support person. And I think that really is one of her best attributes that she is able to support all of these entrepreneurs and professionals in their lives and really understands herself what it is like to go through that. Uh, So she has a great business that she offers to people and really great opportunity for outsourcing as you're getting your business started. This is a place that you might want to do that. So go ahead and check her out. All of her information is in our show notes, rwardesign.com forward slash podcast. I'd love to hear your reviews. If you want to leave me a five-star rating and review um, wherever you listen to your podcast, I love reading those. So go ahead and do that. I'd love to know you're listening. And you can email me if you have a topic that you'd love me to cover, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, go ahead and email podcast at rwardesign.com. So that's it for me this week. Next week, I have a whole list of books that you should be reading (laughs) for um, your interior design career and that you're going to put on your wish list for people to buy you some presents. So if you're not sure what to tell people what to get you, listen to next week's episode and then you can tell them you want all of these books that are going to help launch your career and really improve your life. So that's going to be next week. And until then, stay creative. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.